0: You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Outdoor Edge knows that providing a freezer full of meat is part of the reason we all hunt. And what better way to bring it full circle than to process your own wild game? Outdoor Edge provides a full lineup of traditional and replaceable blade hunting knives and complete wild game processing kits to bring your wild game from the field to the freezer. Visit OutdoorEdge.com and at checkout, enter the discount code NATION30 for 30% off. Bowtech Archery prides themselves on offering a bow for everyone. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more.
1: All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And joining me on the show today is Levi right Now, he is a Missouri native. He loves getting after whitetails with his bow. And we are going to cover a lot of different things on this podcast, including his favorite hunts that he's been on, the different opportunities that Missouri has to offer, because we really do have a ton of awesome outdoor adventures at our fingertips. And so... Hopefully you guys enjoy this one. I'm super excited. Let's jump in. Like he was doing things that were just bad ass. That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dean had the gun, I did have the rifle, like we would be okay. All right, guys. So I am constantly getting asked about the gear that I'm using, and the great news is that I've got it all listed out on Go Wild. Now, if you listen carefully, I'm going to tell you how you can get a $10 gift card to use toward picking up some new gear. Go Wild is a free social community where your photos aren't censored. They're actually encouraged. So much so that Go Wild will give you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. Now, as you earn those points, you can unlock awesome rewards like gift cards and free swag, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so much more. Also, check this out. If you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. So go visit DownloadGoWild.com to get started. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And joining me on the show today is a fellow Missourian. His name is Levi. He is actually in West Plains, Missouri, but a diehard deer hunter, and I'm pretty excited. I love talking to people, and it seems like it's happening more and more. I'm connecting with people that are close to me, like geographically, which is great because I feel like I'm going to have more hunting buddies now. Uh, But Levi, thanks for hopping on, man. I'm looking forward to this one.
2: Yeah, thanks for having
1: me, man. Well, before we jump into the meat of the conversation, I like to start out by giving you an opportunity to share with the listeners who might not know you uh, a little bit about yourself maybe your hunting history kind of what you do in the outdoors now
2: okay well my name's levi right i uh have been in missouri my whole life and i have loved to hunt for as long as i can remember um i when i was three i think i started going and sitting in the stand with my dad and just watching him and he would always uh let me pick out the deer. He'd always ask me, he'd be like, you want me to shoot that one? You know? And I'd be like, yeah. And it was just awesome. I remember. And then when I turned six years old, he took me, I got to go actually hunt myself with him. And I killed my first deer at six years old and I was hooked. I mean, that was, that was the best thing that ever happened to me because now here I am 24 years old and I have hunted hard every year since. And there's nothing, that I have found that even compares to my love for, for hunting. Um, it's just, it's my favorite thing to do. It's just a good way to decompress from everyday stress of life. Um, I work as a plumber uh, at a normal nine to five, you know, and well, seven to five, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, Um, uh, it uh, it just allows me to get away from the stress of work and all of that. And then just something about chasing deer, it just amazes me because they're so... People don't give them enough credit. They're such smart animals and especially public land deer. Um, I've found they just, they learn so fast and it's, and it's always changing and I love the challenge of it. And I mean, I hunt everything else too. Turkeys, squirrels. My dad actually uh, trained squirrel dogs and we like to hunt
1: squirrels a lot. And that's a lot of fun. I don't know if you've ever done that, Dan, but it's a good time. Dude. I've never, I've never ran squirrels with dogs before. And I've watched the videos and I'm like, it, something in the past couple of years, I think it was probably, I mean, it definitely started when I was a kid because my uncle had a duck dog and we would take her out all the time and we would hunt with her. Um, but really, what was it? Two, three years ago now, my buddy brought out his beagles and we, we went after some rabbits with them. And I was like, dude, that's freaking awesome, man. Like your dog mm-hmm. is actually the reason that we're getting shot opportunities at these rabbits. And then oh. I went out to Utah on a mountain lion hunt and a guy was running hounds for mountain lions, my buddy mm-hmm. Dustin. And it, I was like, dude, this is just so cool when you have like man's best friend helping assist in getting meat or like chasing after a game. And so squirrels is definitely on the bucket list. I want to experience that and, and see how a dog will work to, to get after a squirrel.
2: Dude. I, I love it. It's a, uh... It's kind of a weird, it feels almost, uh, I don't know exactly how to describe it, but it feels weird kind of when you're hunting them, because the way we do it down here is in, in this part of Missouri, we have a lot of, uh, just logging roads, gravel roads and stuff. So you just like load your dog up in the back of the side by side, go where you want to go and you turn it out and you follow it. They run, the dogs run down the road and you follow them in the side by side. And then they just go out and tree a squirrel and then you get out and go kill it, come back. It's just, it's fun i love it
1: that sounds like a really really good time we had a so we lived on this property and the owner of the property he actually lived on it as well in a house not that far from us Um, but he had a yellow lab and every time we would walk down the driveway like i'd have to pull the the trash can like 400 yards down this driveway right and cooper the yellow lab he would walk the driveway with me and all of a sudden he would just turn 90 degrees book it into the woods and i'd see a tree or a squirrel go up a tree and i was like i should bring that dog out squirrel hunting one day and just see how he does because it was like every single time and Mm -hmm. yeah to have dogs actually train for that and then i mean who doesn't Mm -hmm. like just cruising roads on the side by side anyway so you pair that with watching dogs work and shooting squirrels that sounds like an amazing day
2: Honestly, it's a a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I I really enjoy it. That's something my dad has gotten even more into, which about even over deer now, he will pick taking his dogs out versus going bow hunting or anything like that. I'm not that hard into it, but I do enjoy it. I could see the addiction
1: side of it, though. Like watching dogs work. I hear people talk about it all the time where it's like Mm -hmm. now that I've got a dog, I would prefer to hang out with my dog and like watch it do what it's trained to do whether it's shed hunting or blood tracking or um you know chasing mountain lions or squirrels or rabbits or ducks like watching the dog work and having a tool that is also like a companion doing that i feel like it's another form of taking a kid out like taking your son out and watching him shoot his first deer you know but doing that with your dog every time i can i can totally understand where people come from when it's like, Hey man, this is what I care about now. Everything else takes a back seat. I'd rather just watch the dog work.
2: Yeah. I guess I could get that. Yeah. It just hasn't got that far for me, but I guess maybe a lot of that has to do with the fact that I don't train the dog. Oh I'll yeah. Just go, you know, so maybe it's a bond you make right there when you're actually watching them grow into learning what they're doing, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. My problem is wanting a dog for everything. I'm like, dude, I want a rabbit dog. I want a squirrel dog. I want a duck dog. I want a shed and blood tracking dog, mountain lions. I, I, would, I would have a dog for every purpose if I could, um, but we're actually getting a dog. Uh, it was born July 4th, and I am super pumped about it. Uh, we have to head up to Missoula, Montana to pick up a dog in September. And, um, yeah, we're going to pick it up hold on to it for several months and then we're going to drop it back off at the trainer there. And he's going to train it for, for waterfowl and okay. upland and shed. So uh, I'm pumped. My kids are pumped. And, and now that I talk about it, we, we were thinking of names for it and I'm like, dang, it's on the 4th of July. Like it was born on the 4th of July. I feel like I need to have a patriotic name for it, even though we already had one picked out. So I might have to bring that up to my wife and figure out what to do about it.
2: Yeah, no, definitely needs a patriotic
1: name. I agree. That would would just tie it together. It'd be good. So, so you started out, you know, going out with your dad early on, Mm -hmm. um, you've done all sorts of different types of hunts. What is your like go-to hands down? I know you said you're really into deer hunting. Is that like number one above all else?
2: Yeah, it is. Um, specifically bow hunting is definitely that's my number one it's my favorite over everything else now if you would have asked me that i'm in the middle of april i probably would have said turkeys because i mean (laughs) i do get i get really fired up about turkey season but i've noticed in the past couple years i don't know if our turkey population in missouri is declining or if they're just not responding like they're supposed to that my hunts haven't been very great down in this area Hmm. so it's definitely like I love it. But at the same time, I always, I'm like, I dread it too. I'm like, I'm going to go out here and spend the whole season and have a rough time, but definitely bow hunting takes the, takes the cake on everything.
1: It's my favorite. Turkey, turkey hunting is fun. And as far as the population goes and the, the decline in Turkey numbers, I talked to a couple of guys from the NWTF earlier this year Mm -hmm. and they did say like nationwide Turkey numbers seem to be declining as in Missouri, for sure they're declining in my area. I've seen the opposite. I've seen a ton of birds and I don't Mm -hmm. know what the, I don't know why they're declining in some places and not really where I'm at. Um, We do predator control here, but I definitely don't think it's enough to, to like make a swing in the Turkey population. You know, it's going to save some birds here and there. It's going to save some poults or some eggs, but Mm -hmm. as a whole, I don't think, I'm the reason by any means that, you know, the turkeys are surviving or thriving here in comparison to other places. But yeah, I haven't seen, I haven't seen the decline like other places have and it's unfortunate Mm -hmm. to hear that. And I'm curious, like what we could do as hunters and fishers to help turn that swing around.
2: I have, I actually have a, a couple ideas on that. I mean, I'm nobody, I don't, you know, it doesn't matter what I think, but, in my mind, I think one thing, huge thing that has happened over the past, and I think it's just taken a long time for it to see the effects of it, but fur prices are very, very low. So no one hunts coons, or people do, but not near as much as they used to. Coons hurt eggs, yeah. like, real bad. No one coyote hunts anymore, hardly. Especially in, I'm speaking mostly for my area here that I know about, you know. Um, so predator control has went way down because even when I was little um, I knew people who trapped and they just hunted coyotes and everything all, all the time. And now I don't know anybody that does it. Hmm. And I think that has put a strain on the Turkey population and also almost a little on our deer population too. Um, But that's just my opinion. I'm not a biologist. I don't, you know what I mean? Like I don't.
1: Oh, I mean, I'm sure the predation on turkeys and eggs especially like even mature turkeys while they're nesting like that's a that's a big deal and you you got to think about it everything out there wants to kill turkeys everything you know you've got eagles and hawks you've got uh raccoons possums coyotes skunks um crows even um not that they're going to kill like a, a mature bird but like they'll go and, and poach eggs and and bust open eggs Um, yeah. And then you've got all the fur bearing animals that will go after them. And so like, that's gotta be the number one cause of mortality for turkeys. And if there's a decline in trapping or in, in predator hunting, that's going to be a direct in in indirect relation to declining Turkey numbers. And so, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's, we've all got to get out there and kill a couple extra coyotes or bobcats or whatever each year. Mm -hmm. Uh, One thing I want to do, I want to trap. I haven't done that yet and i feel like it'd be a ton of fun you really have to learn animal behavior figure out where they're going to be i mean i can't imagine like it's hard enough some days getting out there and shooting a coyote and you know all it has to do is get within 300 yards of me and i can shoot it then to try to get it to step inside a three-inch circle on the ground like that's (laughs) it's unbelievable how much different that is and it would be. It would feel so rewarding and so successful to make that happen.
2: Well, I think that would be awesome. I actually have a uh, a guy, a, an acquaintance that I know, oh, not really a friend. I don't know him that well, but he does a lot of trapping on the current river um, for different stuff, and he's all the time just bringing in, you know, whatever he's trapping. I mean, he's good at it, and I just think it's a it's a science, you know, or yeah. an art, really, and it amazes me. I've just never had the time nor really the drive to do it I would like to but it's one of those things where I talk about liking to, but then I just don't you know what
1: I mean like yeah dude I've been doing that for years with trapping this year though turkey season I was sitting there and I look over to my right because I heard some splashing we were like I don't know 10-15 yards from this really small creek like you could almost jump over it and I look over and there's a freaking river otter in the river swimming up as I'm turkey hunting and For about 10 seconds, I was like, that is one of the cooler things I've ever seen while turkey hunting. And then I went straight to I need to trap this river because I would love to have some mittens or like a hand warmer pouch or something made out of a river otter from Missouri. Oh, dude, that'd be so cool. That'd be crazy. I see, I mean, yeah, and river
2: otters, they're pretty common. I mean, especially down here in this part of Missouri on like the Jacks Fork and the current rivers. Oh, yeah. They are I see them all the time. And I feel like it, it would still be hard, though, to figure out exactly where they're going to get that traffic, you know, set right. But
1: well, it would it, be cool. It blew my mind at how, like, small of a creek that this was, that this mm-hmm. this river otter was going through. I mean, because I've seen them. Right. I like to float rivers, you know. We're, we spend a oh, yeah. ton of time kayaking or canoeing each year. Mm-hmm. And so I've seen them cruising up and down the banks in and out of the water. And they're really fun to watch. But mm-hmm. I just, I guess where we're at in the lack of, decent sized rivers i just assumed that there probably weren't a ton of them around here if any and then to have one in a in a tiny creek that most of the year is dried up i it blew my mind and so yeah trapping is something that i keep talking about i keep talking about and i never do anything about it so maybe what i need to do is put a, a little feeler out there for some trappers to hop on the show and and maybe show me the ropes there you go that would be a good thing to do
2: yeah. I, uh, I think it would be fun. I do. I agree. Maybe, maybe I'll try it eventually.
1: Yeah. Well, and, know, we'll see. I mean, we were talking a little bit before the show, the, the public land that you've got access to through the property that you guys deer hunt or the cabin that you guys have for deer hunting. Uh, that seems like a no brainer. Go out there for a week and just see what you can see, what you can try. Oh yeah. Oh yeah,
2: definitely. I mean, it would be a, I have all the means to do it besides owning the traps and the knowledge of where to set them, but it wouldn't be a hard thing for me to get into, I guess
1: now that I'm actually thinking about it, you know? Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. You can get out there. Um, I I'm curious to hear, because I like, I like talking about the progression of hunting and like maturing in the sport, because for me, you know, I grew up orange army, going out nine days a year, you know, Mm -hmm. you wake up early, you leave for lunch, you come back, finish the day out. And then you do that every, every day for nine days. And that was basically it for a while. And then Mm -hmm. from there, you know, getting a bow later on in my teens, starting to bow hunt, picking up waterfowl hunting, all that different stuff. I'm curious to hear from you, what the progression has looked like from that, those first years at three and four sitting with your dad. And then once you could actually shoot your first year at six to now, obviously going from rifle to bow, but what other equipment, what other strategies have changed or adapted over the years? Okay. So I started with a rifle, obviously, just like you said, orange army nine
2: days, but it's always been like a, a, huge family event for us. Um, especially since we built our cabin, which I, that was, I would lie to you if I told you exactly when it was, but, um, we get together for that week. And that's what I started out as even until I was like, mm, I want to say 12 or 13. I had never even thought about picking up a bow, right? I had hunted with a rifle and a rifle only those, those nine days. That was it. That's all I knew. My dad bow hunted a lot and I saw him, but I just never even thought about it. And then one day, I don't even remember what sparked it, but I was just like, I want a bow. So my birthday came around, which is in the summer my dad bought me my first bow. I started shooting with it. I shot with it for a full year before he would let me hunt. I had to practice and be able to shoot well enough for, for his eyes, you know, before I could go. And then, um, I remember I started out hunting out of a, uh, a climber stand, a summit. He bought me a summit Viper for Christmas that same year I got my bow and, but I had always, um, played on his, he had, a uh, one of the old, old man brand uh climbing stance. Um it had it was heavy, but I would get take it to a tree in our front yard and just climb up and down, up and down, up and down. So like I was well versed in, you know, knowing how to use a climber. So then I'm 13 and I go hunting for bow hunting for the first time. And I went to a spot, climbed a tree, and I think I sat there for an hour and shot a doe. And so that was my first like wow, this is easy, you know, I went to that mode, and then as I've grown up, within the next year after that, I was like, okay, this is a lot harder than I thought, and then, let's see from there, so this is, I'm 14 now, so from till I got 16, my dad always, like, showed me where to go, and all this, and then I, when I was 16, I'm independent, I'm driving, you know, all right, I can do this by myself, I found out real fast that I didn't know near as much as I thought I did, <laughs> You know, I, uh, I would go to places that I'd never been and just try to figure it out myself. And one day I finally came home and I was like, cause I had, when I was 16, another story there, um, I told my dad, I said, I can, I can kill more deer than you. I'm, I I'm better, (laughs) you know, you know, the whole 16 year old mindset. Oh yeah, man.
1: It's like, you're puffing out your chest. You're the man of Mm -hmm. the house. Like I'm alpha male. I'm better at everything. I get it, dude. I've been there.
2: Yeah. So he said, okay. He said, I'm not going to help you at all. He said, you go kill your deer, I'll go kill mine. Well, long story short, he beat me hands down like <laughs> easy. That wasn't even hard. And I didn't kill a single deer until I came home to him uh, right before rifle season after I'd been out. And I was like, Dad, you're right. I was like, You win. <laughs> I need your help. He I said, But you're going to have to start showing me what I need to look for. So then from 16 to 18, when I went to college, I just, you know, learned from him even more than I already had and just, um, just learned all I could. And then I get to college and actually I stopped, I didn't stop hunting, but it got real hard to do what I wanted to do all the time, you know, cause I had college and they don't let you off. My high school let out two weeks for rifle season. yeah, Right. So I was used to, I was used to that. And then I go to college and I'm like, I don't even get off a day to go deer hunt. You know, I got weekends so that hurt, um, I didn't like it, I would, I would skip class, and just leave, and go deer hunting, and stuff, but that's when I met up with all my, uh, college buddies, and we started hunting together up around Branson, and Bolivar, and places like that, and met them, we got into it more, and now, here I am, 24, still hunting with the same college buddies, still hunting with my dad, but I've definitely learned a lot, um, uh, over the years and I have recently you said uh things equipment has evolved I have recently switched to saddle hunting hunting out of saddle um I finally ditched the old climber because I got tired of packing it in for two miles and you know and it's heavy and I went to a saddle and I'll never go back I won't even use a a hang-on stand anymore I don't think yeah I love it
1: I, I still haven't switched, man. I keep saying I'm going to. I keep telling people like, oh, this is the year, this is the year, and now we're already midway through summer, and I still don't have one. But I just I feel like it would be so cool, like, getting out there and, and just being able to pick whatever tree you want. And Literally, you know, that's not a joke. Yeah.
2: That's not a joke either. Any tree you want is,
1: yeah. Oh, dude, I've seen guys up in, like, four-inch wide trees. Like, they're just, they're just climbing these trees with their saddle system, and they're hanging out just as comfortable as you would in a 100-year-old oak tree. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like there's so many applications for it. One, because I travel so much to hunt, it makes sense that I would do that. Like, I'm not going to have to pack as much gear around. Um, and then I really, I don't know why. I, maybe it's the meshing of two outdoor hobbies that I love or two species that I love to chase, but seeing people who hunt elk over water holes or wallows from a tree stand, I'm like, I don't know. That would just be so cool. Like you're sitting in the mountains up in a tree, which hardly anybody does. I feel like everyone's on the ground spot and stock. And you're just sitting there waiting. And you know, eventually Mm -hmm. something's going to come to that water and they're not going to be looking up in a tree because they're not used to that at all. And yep. yeah, to stick a, to stick a big bull on a water hole from a tree, I feel like that'd be cool. But so you switched over to saddle hunting. That's pretty awesome. Um, yep. I see, uh, a Matthews hat on Are you shooting Matthews or do you just, you're such a big fan of me that you had my last name put on a hat.
2: I'm shooting Matthews.
1: <laughs> There's, I, I, um, started out with a
2: a Reflex Growler was the name of the bow. I don't know if you ever heard of them. It's like, it's no. basically a knockoff Hoyt, pretty much. Okay. I mean, it was made by Hoyt. It was just a cheaper version. Um, and I shot it until two years ago, actually. So from the time I was in it, because uh, I had my, well, I had my first bow. That was like a, a little bear, you know, just a, a little bow for a little kid, you know. And then my dad gave me this Reflex Growler when he got a crossbow and I hunted with it until I was 20 two and now recently i've switched to matthews and when i picked up a matthews it was a game changer you know i was like i'll never shoot another bow in my life it just felt so much more comfortable to shoot than the my old bow did and i i love it i love my matthews right now i'm shooting a vxr um i haven't upgraded yet since the vxr but i'm thinking about it i don't know
1: dude that's the problem man once you get into a certain type of bow they always mess with you by coming out with new ones and you're just like, dude, I want it. I want it. And if you really look at it, the year to year specs do not change very much. (laughs) I mean, really, it's only once you look at a 10 year spread of maybe like five to eight different models that they've come out with, you'll start to see a a difference that you're actually going to notice when you're shooting it or like the speed difference, but really year to year, I'm like, as much as I want the newest one every year, I just don't know that I could justify the purchase when my boat does almost the exact same thing, if not the exact same thing as what the new model does.
2: No, I agree with that. Um, the main thing that's making me like, kind of want to buy the v- V3X is the the integrated system where the sight slides into the riser and yep. and all that. I think that's awesome. But at the same time, I'm like, my bow still kills deer. Do I really need to spend another seventeen hundred dollars on a you know on a new bow? Yeah, no, I don't. so that's why I haven't bought one yet.
1: Well, honestly, I feel like the biggest upgrades you can make are the things like the site that you're using or the release. like I switched over to a thumb release from a trigger release. Absolutely love it. I swear by it i'll I'll never go back for sure and uh and then the site i do want to upgrade my site i'll probably do it before season um i've got i've currently got a single pin with like the quick adjust but i don't really like how it's lined out you know it's it's basically the vertical post on it um that's what adjusts you know you've got the knob on the side but the numbers and the hashtags are or the hash marks are so small on it that it's really difficult like i have to bring my bow close to me to see what i'm adjusting to whereas right. i know there's other ones they've got a larger knob a better display where you can quickly adjust it to you know whatever distance you want where i think i'm not going to get away with as much movement or i'm going to have to do more movement which i don't think i'll get away with when i'm in the tree even though i mean i have shot deer with it already but yeah i just think it's going to be difficult to to make those adjustments and and so i do want to i do want to stick with the single pin i i really like it i like the adjustability i like being able to shoot long distances with it even when i'm just target practicing um but i think before i switch bows i'll definitely switch sights yeah
2: i shoot a five pin black gold right now and i'm definitely i definitely want to upgrade that to a single pin because I've heard so many great things about having just a one pin to focus on and not having the other ones get in your way and stuff like that. And the adjustability of it.
1: Yeah. There's definitely a learning curve to it though. Uh, Just Mm -hmm. be ready for that. Like understand that every time you shoot, you're going to have to adjust that thing. I mean, not every time you shoot, but uh, I got so excited. So in the manual, it told me like, Hey, sight it in, get it set at 20 yards and mark your mark the uh, vertical post and then get it set at or shoot at 60 yards until you're dead on and mark it there and then you have to match the sticker up with that and so once you have like your 20 to 60 yard spread you get the sticker that close that most closely matches with it and then you're ready to go so i'm like oh this is awesome well the sticker actually goes all the way down to 100 and so instantly i've got hash marks all the way out to 100 yards so first day having this bow i get it set i start shooting and i'm shooting at like 98 yards given i'm not hitting the bullseye but like hitting my block target was a big feat at that point at 98 yards and and then i went to guys night with all my buddies and i get there early and i'm like dude i'm bringing my new bow this is awesome i'm gonna i'm gonna go out and shoot and so I, I throw the target out at like 20 yards and I forget to change my sight back. And my first shot, I'm like super pumped. And luckily nobody was there yet. Nobody had come. I was just like, I'm just going to shoot cause it's new and I'm excited. And I draw back and I oof, let it go. And that thing missed the target clean, went way over the target, like straight over the top back into the woods. And I'm like, instantly I was like, dude, this is a brand new bow. What's going on? And then it, it clicked and I realized I'm an idiot and didn't change my single pin back to 20.
2: Yeah, I've definitely seen that happen in my buddies who shoot a single pin uh, several times. I've actually watched them do it. One of my, my buddies do it on a deer.
1: Um, oh no. He had,
2: we had been shooting the day before and I think he was shooting at like, I don't know, 60 or 70, you know, and then we're hunting and just clean over the back. Just didn't even, oh. he didn't move his sight. Yeah. Luckily it was just, it wasn't like a big buck or anything. It was just a doe. So it's not like, I mean, meat's meat, but at the same time, it always feels a little better when when you miss a doe than it does when you miss a giant set of antlers, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, I know so, they've got those, I, they've got those quick adjust sites now also that have like three pins instead of a single pin. Mm-hmm. And so you yep. can, you can move your housing, but like say you're in a bind and you really can't, like you can get away with hardly any movement you still have your you know, 20, 30, and 40-yard pins set up to where you don't right. necessarily have to make an adjustment until you get out to that 50, 60, 70-yard range. See, I think that's what I would
2: like. I think I would like something like that to where I have my 20, 30, 40, but then if I need to go farther, I can.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's. Yeah. I feel like that would be the way to go. So maybe I'll look into that when I upgrade my sight.
2: Yeah. That would... Because you're going to be able to get away with more movement the farther away the animal is. But if you got a a deer standing at 20 yards and your sight set on 40 and you're trying to move, you know, it's a lot more movement that they're going to catch probably
1: than if they're at 60 yards and you're moving at 260 from 20. Well, and I mean, I, the other part of it, I'm like, well, in all reality, like I'm having to draw back. So I'm like extending my wingspan almost fully in order to get on this deer. But the biggest thing for me is taking my focus off of the animal. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to have to be looking at something close and miss if that deer went from head down feeding to eyes up and alert. Uh, yeah. I, and then it's like, then you make the wrong move when it's looking right at you and you didn't know because you're having to jack with a sight that's right in front of your face. And so right. that's that's probably one of the big bigger aspects of it. Because, you know, I've shot deer. Last year I shot one that was... Dude, I don't even know how close that deer was. It had to have been within 8 yards. I mean, it was almost directly underneath me and at one point I could have peed on it like it was that close. Yeah. But you know, getting away with movement that close on a deer, you can do it, but if I would have taken my eyes off that deer even for a second, I probably would have blown it and like messed something up. Um if I if I didn't maintain focus, so.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I've shot a lot of deer. Until a couple years ago, I don't think I actually ever shot a deer over 30, you know, like they're always, especially because in the Missouri hardwoods, you know, they don't get, you can't see very far. So they have to be at least 30 yards for you to see them, you know, usually, um, depending on where you're at. And I've shot more deer standing almost directly underneath me than I have at long distances for sure. Yeah. Um, but it does get, I mean, you have to deer like I said they're smart you know they you can't move very much and their eyesight is great but it's not as great as people make it out to be but I think they're just really good at picking up on movement Mm -hmm. and um, another thing that I always like to say is like you're coming into their house you know like when you're out there hunting a deer like you're thinking well how does this deer know I was here well that's because they're there every single day they know when something's different you know what i'm saying like yeah so it it makes it difficult which is why i love to do it
1: yeah i mean it's a fun challenge it's the same thing for us like if if i were to come home and i smell a different perfume or cologne or different odor that i'm not used to or you know something's out of place or all of a sudden i see something hanging on the wall that's not normally there like i'm immediately like what's going on like something's off something's different i can't figure this out And i'm immediately alerted to it and deer do that but in order to survive not just out of like oh hey something smells funny um like they have to do that because like we mentioned earlier there's a lot of animals that are after them between you know disease thirst starvation and then you have coyotes and bobcats people Ford f-150s driving down the back roads you know like yeah there's a lot of things that want to take out a deer
2: oh yeah yep. and so yeah that's why they're they're good at it i mean they're just that's just what they do all the time and i always wonder i always catch myself wondering so when you're watching a deer and like it spooks on you like it sees you or smells you or whatever i always wonder if sometimes that they're so jumpy that like they just run off for no reason. Like when no one's around and you're not watching them, you know, if they're just like on their normal day-to-day life, so they're just walking around and all of a sudden they just run. Yeah. Like, I I, I don't know if they, you know, you know, Oh,
1: yeah. they're so, they're so frustrating like that because I've seen them do it like turkey hunting. I see oh, yeah. deer do so many stupid things during Turkey season. It's unbelievable. And yeah. I'll have them come right up to my decoys Or I'll see them at 400 yards across the field they have no idea I'm there the wind's not blowing towards them at all and they'll be feeding and then all of a sudden they're just bounding across the field and I'm like what was that from like I didn't see anything and obviously I don't have the senses or the instincts or reflexes that a deer does but sometimes I just feel like they're stupid I feel like they're a puppy you know when a puppy just goes crazy and starts sprinting around or like rolling or chasing its tail I feel like deer probably have some of those same I don't know, things inside yeah. them i don't know
2: yeah i i would agree with that that's probably true uh, they're just uh, well i don't know if, if it's because they're stupid or it's because they have to be that jumpy yeah. you know in order to survive but i definitely agree i think that they're probably always like that i have personally i don't think i've ever really paid attention to what they like are doing when i'm turkey hunting or Something, but so I've never seen them just out of the blue. Well, um, I have, but um, it doesn't seem weird to me when they do, when I've seen them like run off or whatever. But I have seen one run from a squirrel before, that was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> which I probably would have too, because well, I'll tell the story. So I was hunting and rifle hunting, I'm sitting on the ground and I was watching these two squirrels chasing each other in the tree like they do, you know, and I'm, I'm bored. Yep. I've been there all morning. And then all of a sudden I look down and there's a, a doe feeding toward me. And um, I take my eyes off the squirrels and I'm watching her. And then she gets right almost underneath the tree the squirrels were in. And I hear like something like a limb break. And I look up and the, one of the squirrels, I guess, had tried to jump from one tree to the other and it missed. And it just fell all the way to the ground right beside this deer and just smacked and bounced like it was a ball, like just bounced back up, got up and <laughs> ran off. And this deer, when that squirrel hit the ground, just freaked out. I mean, it was running. Sorry. You didn't know what was going on. That was probably the funniest thing I've ever seen when I was hunting. It's, it, was, it was funny.
1: I can't imagine being, being. In that situation, you know, living in the, in the wild and having to be that alert all the time, because there are so many things that you hear And the, the ability for a deer to differentiate between sounds, whether it's a squirrel bouncing through the woods or you walking or, right. you know, an acorn falling from the tree or you letting, hitting your release on your, on your bow to let the arrow fly. Like they just have it figured out where it's yeah all of a sudden they know something's off like there's just something not right and then they're alert and it becomes a lot harder and then on top of that you have some deer that just don't seem to have those same survival instincts you know like the deer i i uh a buck i think it was my first buck that i shot in missouri i went to shoot at it and it ducked the arrow well it ducked the arrow but didn't move it like dropped as if it was going to take off and then Mm -hmm. it just went back to feeding and i thought like i'm Did I miss this? Like, I sent it right there. Like, it looked like a great shot, but I lost Mm -hmm. it mid-flight. I lost the arrow. And then the buck starts licking its back. And I was like, this is really odd. Like, is it going to just tip over all of a sudden? It's not acting, Mm -hmm. but now it's licking its back. And so what's going on? And it went back to feeding. And I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, I guess it's time to get another arrow, send another arrow out. Well, sure enough, what had happened is it ducked the arrow and i i shaved the hair off of its spine like right Uh i mean right behind the shoulders and uh i didn't even realize it until i obviously went and found the deer but the second shot was a great shot the first shot Mm -hmm. it ducked and uh yeah even though it got hit with something and it like it didn't break the skin to make it bleed but it definitely made contact with it Uh i'm curious what that deer thought it was (laughs) like Was that yeah. a butterfly? Was it a bird? Was it, you know, an yeah. acorn falling out of the tree? What was it that just hit me? Uh yeah. I'm just glad it didn't scare it all the way off.
2: Oh, yeah. No, that's great. They don't get many opportunities like that, though. No. Really. But that's weird. Yeah, sometimes they're just odd. I mean, they just... you. I've seen deer when you shoot a rifle and they just stand there and they don't move. They're just looking around like nothing happened. Yep. Or... I, uh, one time I was hunting with my little sister and, um, we shot a, or I shot a deer and then we just sat there it, it, we were watching a field, um, and we just sat there and mm, 15 minutes later, here come a whole herd of deer just walking in like nothing was wrong. Like they didn't just hear a gunshot, you know, they were right there somewhere. Oh yeah. And they just walked in and then she got to kill a deer. And so that was cool. But I was sitting there, I'm like, why did they not all just run off when they heard the loud uh, you know gunshot i don't
1: i honestly i i've got a theory about this and i could be a hundred percent wrong i don't know if there's been studies done about it but there's a lot of things that we do as hunters that mimic a predator right when we're creeping through the woods super slow like barely crunching leaves acting suspicious I feel like almost every animal, I mean, uh, how many times have you been walking through the woods, maybe looking for morels or Mm -hmm. doing some type of hunting where you come across squirrels and they just don't seem that afraid of you, you know, like they just kind of hang out on the ground or they climb a tree and stare at you versus like when you creep through the woods, they're gone, dude, they're up the tree, they're making all kinds of noise. Mm -hmm. And so I really do think that deer, are much more alert to predatory style behavior creeping around you know uh, looking trying to be quiet but still making noise versus they'll stand next to a road like here's a prime example say you're you're driving by a cornfield near a truck that deer is going to stand there and feed no matter what it couldn't care less about that truck if you're walking down the road that deer is gone it's not going to hang out Ouch. right there and keep feeding and there's just something yeah. about that and I think it's probably similar with loud noises they hear a loud noise it's just a loud noise you know they yeah. hear thunder thunder crack and uh mm-hmm. they'll they'll hear jets going over they hear car doors shut they hear uh, who knows what and so loud noises probably don't spook them nearly as much as that soft crunch that might sound like a coyote trying to sneak up on them
2: it actually makes a lot of sense and i've never thought about it that way
1: yeah it, i did uh yeah I've, I've heard of people that are like, dude, I almost jog to my stand. Like I don't creep through the woods anymore. I almost just jog to my stand because, you know, a deer running through the woods, a squirrel running through, through the woods or rabbit, whatever, you know, they're making a lot of noises they're going through and the deer might run off for a second, but then it's like, oh, the thing's gone now. Whereas if you're creeping through, they might think, oh, they're still here. You know, like if you do spook them off, they're not going to come back soon because you're moving slow. So you're probably still in the area. Again, all hypothesis. I have zero yep. evidence to back this up, but right, I've got pretty strong it's, feelings about it. It sounds good for sure. And I mean, it makes sense.
2: Um, yeah, if you think about it, I mean, how many times are you walking through the woods looking for sheds and then a deer is just looking at you and doesn't it, run off. It's just standing there looking at you. And then when you stop, and look at it that's when it leaves yeah you know i've noticed that um if you stop and look at a deer even driving down the road you're driving your car by them they don't run off but when you stop to look at them that's when they run off Yep. so maybe you're right maybe they think okay as long as it's not paying attention to me it's not going to hurt me
1: i'm just going to be very confident about this i feel like you can get away with people thinking you're right just because you're so confident about your answer And now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like getting pretty pumped up about this. I don't know why. Uh, But like rabbit hunting, we've noticed the same thing with rabbit hunting. If we're kicking a brush pile up, they'll just tuck underneath it. You could be crunching that thing, trying to smash it, trying to get to the rabbits. Once you stop, it's like the rabbit goes, oh, crap, they see me. Like they they spotted me finally. And then boom, they'll shoot out of it. Dove hunting, same thing. If you're like a lot of people sit near food and they'll, they'll wait for the doves to come in. They'll sit near, near a hay barn or a gravel lot or whatever. But a lot of times we'll go and we'll, we'll walk the tree lines near the fences around the perimeter of the different properties that we hunt. And we've noticed doves do the same thing. They will hang out in the tree until you stop. And once you stop, they're like, oh crap, gigs up, they spotted me. Or you walk past them. And then they're like, all right, now it's time to bail out because they're not looking at me. And so, I don't know. I feel like I'm onto something, and there needs to be some studies done about it. I want to see, you know, go into a field, jog through the field, see what the deer's reaction is versus, you know, if you just spook them by being sneaky. And it's the same thing if I was outside. If I saw some dude jogging down the street, that's one thing. If I saw a guy, like, hood up hands in his pocket wow. just like staring back and forth like kind of peeking at houses looking at vehicles obviously that's going to set off some alarms to me deer have yeah. to see it the same way oh yeah
2: i think i think you are definitely onto something that would be a cool study to do too um i think it'd be cool to be a part of
1: yeah to learn and just know that oh, would be cool it might, it's going to end up having to be like just me doing it or me and somebody, I'm going to be like, dude, this year we're jogging to our stands. Like we're just going to full on get there and then Mm -hmm. come out and we'll see how many more deer we see that way versus the other way. Obviously there's so many variables included in that. It'd be hard to get an accurate study, but I don't know. I might just try it and see how it plays out.
2: Yeah. I mean, I definitely don't think that it would hurt anything by any means. You know, if you're jogging to your stand versus creeping, I mean, you're going to spook the same deer no matter what, yeah. probably, you know, so it would be a bad thing to find out. And I think you are onto something with the whole, like, if you're moving fast, then you're getting out of the area faster. Um, they're going to notice that because 99% of the time that I see deer runoff, they don't, unless you stay there, they don't leave completely. You know, they'll, they'll trot off a ways and then look back. So if they can't see you or hear you anymore, they're probably just going to turn right around and go back to what they were doing.
1: Yep. So that may, that makes sense. Yeah. I agree. Who knows? Maybe I'll try jogging in a couple of times this year. Then you I'll run the scent control issues. I'll be all sweaty yeah. and then stinky. Yeah, oh beds. yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's okay, no way. Well, then to you got that. No, dude. What you is You just gotta go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I- go ahead. You're good. Uh what what does your year look like this year? Do you have any uh other big hunts coming up or do you have any bucks that you're that you're already targeting? I've got a
2: couple bucks from last year that I haven't I actually have been pretty lazy. I haven't put out any any uh like I haven't been scouting any at all yet. Um I was actually gonna start that this weekend. Um, but I've got a couple bucks from last year that I'm pretty excited to see what they did um uh, through this through the summer. And so I've got those two, and then as far as hunts, I know I'll stay right here and just I'll bow hunt and rifle hunt. Um, I don't have any out of state hunts planned. Uh, I I actually have never hunted out of state. I would like to, but I haven't yet, and uh, that's something I really would like to get into. I really want to go on an elk hunt, like very very bad. Like that's something that I'm gonna do in the near future yeah um because i just i know a lot of people that do it and
1: it just seems like it'd be so much fun well i feel especially
2: with a bow especially with a bow
1: well and you've got that group of guys that you said like you've been hunting Uh now you've been hunting with them since college and it's so much fun dude when you get a group of dudes you travel out there together you know you split gas or you figure out who's bringing a big tent, who's bringing small tents, who's got this food covered, who's got that covered. And going out, like, there are so many different over-the-counter opportunities for chasing elk mm-hmm. in multiple Western states. And so it's just a matter of doing it. I keep hoping that I draw the Missouri tag. I, you know, I, I will be very lucky if that ever happens. But um, going out West, man, it's something that you can do, and you can do it fairly cheap each year.
2: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, if you ever draw the Missouri's tag, let me know because I am right here in the middle of them. Yeah. You know, Peck Ranch is right here in my area. I know where they're at. So
1: Dude, I can help I, you with that for sure. Oh, I'll be letting you know that is going to be yeah. number one priority if it ever happens. Um, I need to start putting my wife in for that. I've just been putting in for it, but now she's got a tag. I'd be just as happy going and trying to get her on one, even though I'd be like, I'd probably end up a little bitter about it because she's only really hunted one year. And so yeah. if she drew, I'd be like, are you kidding me? Um, right. But I'd still be happier to go with her than just to not go at all. So,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, that's a. I have an opinion on the elk that's unpopular for, for a lot of people. Um, I think it's cool that we are able to hunt them, but being. F- from the area where they introduced them, it has. I wish they never would have. Um, where I hunt, I have the elk around, and and they definitely seem to have hurt the amount of deer that stay in the area. Um, and I I think it'll get better over time once the deer get used to living with them. But I've just seen a lot of things that the elk cause that I'm like, okay, if we didn't have them, then this wouldn't have happened. You know, things like that. Um, I'm not gonna say it's a bad thing. But if we never would have introduced the elk, I would be okay. Is all I'm going to
1: say. Yeah. That's very interesting. What kind of things have you seen that, uh, that have made you think maybe they're pushing deer out of the area or deer are having to compete too hard to stay?
2: Well, first off, I will say that um, the Missouri MDC came in before they um, introduced elk. And they killed by by by, they had control burns for like three years in a row in this area behind peck ranch um completely wiped out the timber i mean it is just dead um there's no food left hardly other than for elk there's underbrush for them to graze on but as far as for the deer and the turkeys and, and everything else they just wiped it out there's no habitat hardly Um, the trees, you know, well, what I know they were making room for the elk to be able to travel through the woods. I get that, but they have really hurt um, habitat for other things, and um, I know that they're competing with, because of, they killed all the timber, there's not as many acorns, and that's, deer love those. I don't care, I know for almost a fact, now this is just an opinion I have that I know nothing about, but pretty sure deer in my area will pick an acorn over any other food yeah i have i've seen them do that like they will always pick acorns um and the elk like them too and so that's another just another thing that's competing with them for those plus on top of killing a lot of oak trees created a short supply of acorns so then i've seen a lot of deer um that look horrible like they've not haven't eaten in months and um Just stuff like that. I mean, just little things I've watched. I've been hunting and watching deer and then the elk just come walking in and the deer just takes off, just leaves. Like they don't want to be around them. Um, And like I said, I think over time that would change because they would get used to having them around. Uh, But it hasn't changed yet. And they've been here for what? How? I don't even know how long they've been here anymore.
1: But yeah. 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 I'm, I'm curious to see how it'll go. I mean, obviously over... Over the history of the U.S., you know, elk and mm-hmm. whitetail have been in the same place. Uh, I've right. been out places where I've seen elk and mule deer in the exact same right. place. And, and they figure it out. I mean, they do. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's new. Obviously, it might take well. a couple generations of deer to, to figure it out. But I think it'll come back. And as a whole, I feel like the more places that we can have a variety of big game animals like elk, mm-hmm. tails, mule deer, um, not hogs that we can keep those out no. forever. Uh, but if, if we can have more opportunities and more, more wildlife on the landscape, I feel like it's going to end up being better, even though initially like the change changes is never yeah. easy. It just really right. isn't. You know, if, yeah. if you disturb the pattern of animals that you're used to seeing and all of a sudden it's like, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, black bear, all of a sudden there's black bear. And it's like, dude, yeah all it's going to take is one season where you see a couple black bear and not as many deer. And you're going to hate the fact that there's black bear in the right. area now. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I like how meat eater and like Steve Ranella put it, mm-hmm. even with wolves, with grizzlies, it's like, why does everybody want to go to Alaska? If wolves and grizzlies are so bad, like, wouldn't right. there be no elk or caribou or right. deer or moose left? Mm-hmm. Like, I think, I think it'll kind of even out. And maybe there's less deer, but I think you're going to be super pumped if you get an opportunity oh, yeah. to elk. You know, like imagine Absolutely. being, imagine once the population is actually up high enough to where you can get a yearly elk tag as a resident. That would be cool. I, yeah, I think you're going to be a lot more excited. And it might not be, hopefully, it's in our lifetime. I doubt it's going to grow that quickly, but you know, maybe in our Thanks. kids' lifetimes that uh, there's going to be a sustainable population enough to where residents can at least draw for tags with a high success rate yeah
2: Um, I think I mean I agree with you I would love the opportunity to kill one in my home you know home area that'd be awesome but like I said right now it's just a bitter thing for me I mean it's it is cool and I will always agree that it's it's cool to have them here and I agree with the I love opportunity I'm so happy that we have uh, a black bear season have you put in for that
1: I have, haven't kind of drawn it. Hedging. I My buddy drew this year though. Uh, yeah, so I'm, a, I'm super I have a friend who drew to too. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's pretty
2: cool. And I do enjoy that. But I also, I don't know that I would want to hunt a bear, honestly. Like hmm. I love to hunt, don't get me wrong. And I have nothing against it. A bear is just something that I'm like, I enjoy watching them too much to want to actually like kill one. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know what that is. I don't know why bear is where I draw that line, but something about, I don't know. I just enjoy watching them more than I would want to shoot one. Yeah. You know, and that's just always been the thing for me. Like everyone's like, Oh, let's go on a bear hunt. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. It's just something that doesn't really, I would rather just see them. I, I saw five this past rifle season, Uh, a male and then a sow and two cubs or three cubs. And that was just the coolest thing. Just sitting there, I'm sitting on the ground and I had my fiance with me and she was freaking out because she was like, so scared. And I was like, I was sitting there and I was, I was videoing it. I was just watching them. I was having the time of my life. I just enjoy it. I think they're beautiful animals. Oh, and, absolutely. Yeah. And
1: I just like to watch them. I don't think, a, I don't think a bear is something I'll ever try to hunt. Honestly. See, I, I definitely think I'd go out and try to hunt them. I don't depending on my experience, I'd do it year after year or just one and mm-hmm. done. Um, yeah. even in talking with my buddy out in Utah about mountain lions, I'm like, you know, I, I'd like to hunt one one time and mm-hmm. maybe I get there at the base of the tree with the dogs having done their job and look right. at it and be like, I don't need to shoot this. This is enough for yeah. me. Um yeah. I, I don't know. Like I never I I have yet to find something that I will not try. And that doesn't mean I'm just going to go and like, well, I'm already out here. So I better pull the trigger. Like in the moment, dude, you never have to take an animal. And so, and that's something for me, like bear, I think it would be cool. Um, Especially when you get into places where there's an abundance of them. And obviously they're starting to become that in Missouri. If, Mm -hmm. if they're giving out as many tags as they are. And then. On top of that, hearing about the mortality studies on fawn due to black bear, it's insane yeah, how efficient black is. bears are at killing fawns. And so that's another thing where it's like, huh, if it gets out of hand and it does actually start making a, a severe negative impact on mm-hmm. on uh, fawn reproduction or recruitment, gosh, I don't know why I was saying reproduction, uh, fawn recruitment, I feel like maybe I'd go out and help out with yeah. that.
2: I I feel like that would probably change my opinion a little bit, but that's see that gives me a purpose to be like okay these bears are hurting these fawns I need to take care of them but right now I don't really have a because I I don't I don't enjoy bear meat so that's something that I'm like I mean I could always donate it yeah but it's not something that I enjoy eating so I'm like would it be cool to have a rug yeah but you know it's one of those things where I'm like that's not enough of a motivation for me to go kill one right now. But like you said, if they're starting to impact the fawns, then yeah, that's that's a different story
1: yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've, done, I've had bear meat a couple times. I think both times I've had it, it's been in burger form. And I thought it was mm-hmm. pretty decent. I don't know what the whole animal tastes like or what part of the bear that I got. I've never had one that I knew someone who killed it. Like it's been actually, well, I shouldn't say that. Both times it was someone had killed it that I knew, but it wasn't like fresh. It wasn't like I helped them do it or... Um but yeah I didn't I didn't not like it 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 was good uh it wasn't like oh dude I've got to have that every year um no. but it'd be tough you know if you don't like the meat that's always mm-hmm. one of the things for me unless there's an alternative purpose for shooting it like coyotes yeah. I don't I've never yeah. eaten a coyote I don't plan to but no. I know there's a purpose for me hunting coyotes and so yeah. um yeah I don't know I think I think bear would be fun I'll see if it's something that I ever am successful at. If I do decide I want to do it again, or if it's like, that's enough for me, I don't need to do it. Um, I want to, before we run out of time, I want to chat about the podcast and about Jacked Outdoors. So you've got the, you've got Jacked Outdoors and Um, you've also got the Relatable Outdoorsman podcast that you and some friends started up, or is it you and one guy? Is that right? One guy. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yes. Uh, Tell me, tell me about that. How'd you get into that or what made you decide like, Hey, we're going to start creating content for other people to listen to.
2: So the podcast thing came from, uh, I just like to talk. <laughs> so, and, and my buddy who do, who's doing it with me, he really was very skeptical. He's like, I don't think that, I don't think, you know, I don't know that I want to do it. And I just kept on him and kept on him and kept on him. And then finally he was like, all right, let's try it. So we sat down and recorded our first episode. We have two out now, um, but we recorded our first episode and we got done and he was like, that was fun. And I was like, exactly. Imagine how many people, you know, we can talk to anybody yeah. just like me and you here, you know, you can do, and it's just fun. I just enjoy sharing stories and talking to people. So that's where that came from. Um, And then the Jacked Outdoors actually led into that because see jacked outdoors started before uh like in college with my buddies and so it's basically come down to now since college me and the tucker the one guy that does the podcast with me we're basically the only ones that still put out any content um because everybody's went on with their life and we're the only ones that actually still live in missouri that hunt regularly but so that started with them and then i joined in And then from that, we started filming and we loved it. Um, Well, I shouldn't say loved it. We enjoy it. Um, We haven't been successful at filming anything get shot yet. Um, It's been a learning experience for us for sure. Um, I was gonna bring this up earlier too when we were talking about the saddles for filming. They are amazing. And that's why I really like it. Yeah, Um, because you have so much more mobility with the camera arm and everything. It's awesome. But anyway, um, yeah, so Jacked Outdoors, we originally it was supposed to be a YouTube channel, right? And we've only put out two videos since we've started it, and they're both horrible. Don't, don't watch them. <laughs> uh, they're not very good. I mean, they're okay, but it's just, you know, nothing. They're not exciting at all. Like, we have a turkey video out that I was filming when Tucker shot the turkey, and I was – we didn't communicate and I was messing with the focus, um, like turning it from auto to manual because I had a, a tree between me and the turkey. And while I was flipping that switch, he shot the turkey, so we completely <laughs> missed the kill shot. Um, but we still put the video together and you know, we just enjoy sharing what we do. Um, so that's where that came from. And I think, like I said, the podcast is going to be, I'm going to love doing it. Um, yeah, because. like to talk obviously i'm just rambling right now um but it was it's gonna be cool like and we have like i said two episodes out now um we're supposed to be recording another one soon and i wish i could say that we have a schedule but we don't just kind of whenever we get time we record one and then we put it out and then that is what it is that'll change probably as it grows if it grows um but yeah, no. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Music is where our podcast podcast is.
1: Awesome. Dude, I I mean, the podcast side of things, it's a ton of fun. It really is. Like I love I love talking with people. Honestly, one of my favorite things is making new connections. I mean, talking with you, knowing that you're yeah. only a couple hours away, uh the amount of people that are like, "Dude, come out here and hunt," or I'm like, "Hey, you should come up to Missouri or, you know, like we should meet up somewhere and go on a hunt." I love that yeah. side of things and when it comes to talking about hunting I mean who doesn't uh, like have you ever exactly. met a a hunter who doesn't like sharing hunting stories no nope. yeah I don't think that person exists it's like a unicorn um yeah. and so to be able to do that I think you guys are going to love it you guys are going to uh you know take off just stay consistent with it what uh yeah. what kind of content can people expect to hear On the podcast do you have a certain theme that you go with or is it kind of everything
2: it's kind of everything it's more of a so it's more of like just sharing stories than it is like informational like we aren't we don't think anyway that we're good enough hunters to be able to tell anybody how to do something so we're not going to try to uh teach you something we'll we'll share information and stuff that we have learned but it's more just calling up people talking about their stories and how they got started in hunting and stuff like that and just sharing different stories. And I mean, probably once season rolls around and we actually have like current hunting stories to share, we'll probably share those every time we can, yeah. you know, from the recent seasons and stuff like that. Just cause I know personally, I enjoy listening to any hunting story. Like you said, everyone loves it. So I thought that that would be a cool thing to do. Just share stories, you know, from different people. Um, I mean, we have, I know a lot of people, so it wouldn't be hard. I know a lot of people that hunt, so it wouldn't be hard to get, you know, a whole bunch of content out there. Yeah. And I'm hoping it goes well. I just I really enjoy doing it.
1: That's awesome, man. Well, yeah, for anybody listening, yeah. go check it out. The relatable outdoorsman Uh you can hear Levi and Tucker sharing stories. And um, dude, I appreciate you hopping on, man. I love I love knowing that you're so close. Uh if you ever wanna venture down here to Springfield and get on some hunts or uh get get together sometime and go do something in the outdoors that's that's my number one passion man meeting up with people that i've never hunted with before and just getting out and enjoying it together so
2: dude that'd be awesome man if you're ever down this way you know i mean we have we could go on float trips anything you want to do outdoors i mean i'm here whatever just let me know
1: that sounds great man well (laughs) the heat of the summer is here so it might be floating before long i've been yeah well hopefully if i guess where you're at the water level doesn't get super low but there are certain places (laughs) around here because i mean those are all spring-fed rivers there are some rivers around here that are almost bone dry right now because of the lack of rain Mm -hmm. we've had so uh hopefully we start getting more rain again but dude it's been a pleasure man i appreciate it and good luck this season And that is going to wrap it up for today's show. I hope you guys enjoyed that. And, man, I really do want to go chase after squirrels with dogs. I feel like that would be a lot of fun. I mean, it's a way different element. Like chasing after animals that can climb up in trees and jump from branch to branch with a dog. Like you wouldn't think that it would be that great of a tool for it. You'd want like a falcon or a bird. But I hear that people who get into it are hooked pretty quickly. So I'm excited about that and good luck for Levi this season. Hopefully he gets after a couple big bucks. And I mean the amount of property that he has access to right there is incredible. So hopefully you guys are gearing up. We're like a month away, literally less one day under a month away from season opener here in Missouri. That's not even counting doves. That's only 15 days away. Um, But I'm sure your seasons are starting to kick off and hopefully you guys are gearing up for them. So until next time, always choose adventure and God bless.